Hello there. Welcome to tonight's episode of Down to Sleep. This is the podcast of softly spoken stories to help you get a good night's rest. Let's go ahead and tuck you in and get ready for tonight's episode, which is Winnie the Pooh. If you have found this podcast useful and you would like to support it whilst getting access to even more episodes, you can join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash down to sleep. For a few dollars a month, you get access to a premium feed that has two readings every week. I'm also on YouTube if you would like to find me there. All of the links and everything that you need can also be found at downtosleeppodcast.com. Thank you for joining me tonight. Let's begin with Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne. The Introduction If you happen to have read another book about Christopher Robin, you may remember that he once had a swan. Or the swan had Christopher Robin, I don't know which and that he used to call this swan Pooh. That was a long time ago, and when we said goodbye, we took the name with us, as we didn't think the swan would want it anymore. Well, when Edward Bear said that he would like an exciting name all to himself, Christopher Robin said at once, without stopping to think, that he was Winnie the Pooh. And he was. So... As I have explained the poo part, I will now explain the rest of it. You can't be in London for long without going to the zoo. There are some people who begin the zoo at the beginning, called Way In, and walk as quickly as they can, past every cage, until they get to the one called Way Out. But the nicest people go straight to the animal that they love the most, and they stay there. So when Christopher Robin goes to the zoo, he goes to where the polar bears are. He whispers something to the third keeper from the left. Doors are unlocked, and we wander through dark passages and up steep stairs, until at last we come to the special cage. And the cage is opened, and out trots something brown and furry. And with a happy cry of, Oh, bear, Christopher Robin rushes into its arms. Now, this bear's name is Winnie, which shows what a good name for bears it is, but the funny thing is, we can't remember whether Winnie is called after Pooh or Pooh after Winnie. We did know once, but we have forgotten. I had written as far as this when Piglet looked up and said in his squeaky voice, what about me? My dear Piglet, I said, the whole book is about you. So it is about Pooh, he said. You see what it is? He's jealous, because he thinks Pooh is having a grand introduction all to himself. Pooh is the favourite, of course, there is no denying it. But Piglet comes in for a good many things which Pooh misses, because you can't take Pooh to school without everybody knowing it. But Piglet is so small that he slips into a pocket where it is very comforting to feel him when you're not quite sure whether twice seven is twelve or twenty-two. Sometimes he slips out and has a good look in the ink pot, and in this way he's got more education than Pooh. But Pooh doesn't mind. Some have brains, 
and some haven't, he says. And there it is. And now all the others are saying, what about us? So perhaps the best thing to do is to stop writing introductions and get on with the book. Chapter One In which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some bees, and the stories begin. Here is Edward Bear, coming downstairs now, bump, 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 on the back of his head, behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. And then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is at the bottom and ready to be introduced to you. Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you were going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what the means? Ah, yes, now I do, I said quickly. And I hope you do too, because it's all the explanation that you are going to get. Sometimes, Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs, and sometimes likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. What about a story? said Christopher Robin. What about a story? I said. Could you very sweetly tell Winnie the Pooh one? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? About himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher Robin. It means he had the name over the door in gold letters and lived under it. Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure, said Christopher Robin. Now I am, said a growly voice. Then I will go on, said I. One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. And in the middle of this place was a large oak tree. And from the top of the tree there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree. He put his head between his paws and he began to think. First of all, he said to himself, that buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that, just buzzing and buzzing without its meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, Somebody's making a buzzing noise, and the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you're a bee. Then he thought for another long time and said, and the only reason 
for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said, And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it. So he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed. And as he climbed, he sang a little song to himself. And it went like this. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further and a little further and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they'd build their nests at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that's why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch, crack. Oh, help, said Pooh, as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said, as he bounced twenty feet onto the next branch. You see what I meant to do, he explained, as he turned head over heels and crashed onto another branch thirty feet below. What I meant to do... Of course it was, rather, he admitted as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided, as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun round three times, and flew gracefully into a bush. It all comes of liking honey so much. Oh, help! He crawled out of the bush, brushed the prickles from his nose, and began to think again. And the first person that he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? said Christopher Robin, in an awed voice, hardly daring to believe it. That was you. Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh, went round to his friend Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. "'Good morning, Christopher Robin,' he said. "'Good morning, Winnie the Pooh,' said you. "'I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you.' "'A balloon?' "'Yes. I just said to myself, coming along, "'I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him.' I just said to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for, you said. Winnie the Pooh looked round to see that nobody was listening. He put his paw to his mouth and said in a deep whisper, Honey. But you don't get honey with balloons. I do, said Pooh. Well, it just happened that... You had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at the party. You had had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue one, and had left it behind, being really too young to go to a party at all. 
and so you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which one would you like, you asked Pooh. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. It's like this, he said. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. Now if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree and not notice you. And if you have a blue balloon, they might think you were only part of the sky and not notice you. And the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon, you asked? They might, or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You never can tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, I shall try to look like a small black cloud. That will deceive them. Then you had better have the blue balloon, you said. And so it was decided. Well, you both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you just in case, as you always did. And Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. And when the balloon was blown up, as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly, and Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there, level with the top of the tree and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray, you shouted. Isn't that fine, shouted Winnie the Pooh down to you. What do I look like? You look like a bear holding on to a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously, not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Not very much. Ah, well, perhaps from up here it looks different. And as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him nearer to the tree. So there he stayed. He could see the honey, he could smell the honey, but he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello. I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? I don't know, but something tells me they're suspicious. Perhaps they think you're after their honey. It may be that. You never can tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin? Yes. Have you an umbrella in your house? I think so. I wish you would bring it out here, and walk up and down with it, and look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practicing on these bees. Well, you laughed to yourself, silly old bear, but you didn't say it aloud because you were so fond of him, and you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Pooh, as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered 
that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up, he said. Yes, but wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. A pity. Well, now, if you walk up and down with your umbrella saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. Okay, go. So while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sings aloud. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. It makes him very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing suspiciously as ever. Some of them indeed left their nests and flew all around the cloud as it began the second verse of this song. And one bee sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment, and then got up again. Christopher, ow, Robin, called out the cloud. Yes, I have just been thinking, and I've come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees, are they? Quite the wrong sort so I think they would make the wrong sort of honey, shouldn't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down. How? asked you. Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he let go of the string, he would fall, bump, and he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time, and then he said, Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. Have you got your gun? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon, you said. But if you don't, said Pooh, I shall have to let go. And that would spoil me. When he put it like this, you saw how it was. And you aimed very carefully at the balloon. And fired. Ow, said Pooh. Did I miss, you asked? You didn't exactly miss, said Pooh, but you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry, you said, and you fired again. And this time you hit the balloon, and the air came slowly out, and Winnie the Pooh floated down to the ground. His arms were so stiff from holding on to the string of the balloon all that time, that they stayed up straight in the air for more than a week. Whenever a fly came and settled on his nose, he had to blow it off. And I think, but I'm not sure, that that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. Well, that's the end of that one. There are others. About Pooh and me. And Piglet. And Rabbit. And all of you. Don't you remember? 
I do remember, and then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Pooh and Piglet tried to catch the heffalump, they didn't catch it, did they? No. Pooh couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well, so that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story, and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh, picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, "'Coming to see me have my bath?' "'I might,' I said. "'I didn't hurt him when I shot him, did I?' "'Not a bit.' He nodded and went out. And in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh, bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. Chapter 2 in which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place. Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the glass. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, as he stretched up as high as he could go, and then tra-la-la, tra-la, oh help, as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself, until he had learnt it off by heart, and now he was humming it right through properly. Well, he was humming this hum to himself, and walking along gaily, wondering what everybody else was doing, and what it felt like being somebody else, when suddenly he came to a sandy bank, and in the bank was a large hole. Aha, said Pooh, if I know anything about anything, that hole means rabbit, and rabbit means company, and company means food and listening to me humming, and such. So he bent down and put his head into the hole, and called out, Is anybody at home? There was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole, and then silence. What I said was, Is anybody at home? called out Pooh very loudly. No, said a voice, and then added, You needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well the first time. Bother, said Pooh. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nobody. Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole and thought for a little. And he thought to himself, There must be somebody down there, because... Somebody must have said, nobody. So he put his head back in the hole and said, Hello, rabbit, 
isn't that you? No, said Rabbit, in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said Rabbit. It isn't meant to be? Oh, said Pooh. He took his head out of the hole and had another think. And then he put it back and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me, said Bear, very much surprised. What sort of me? Pooh Bear. Are you sure, said Rabbit, still more surprised. Quite, quite sure, said Pooh. Oh, well, then come in. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. You were quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you. Glad to see you. Who did you think it was? Well, I wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One can't have anybody coming into one's home. One has to be careful. What about a mouthful of something? Pooh always liked a little something at eleven o'clock in the morning. He was very glad to see Rabbit getting out the plates and the mugs. And when Rabbit said, Honey or condensed milk with your bread? He was so excited that he said, Both. And then, so as not to seem greedy, he added, But don't bother about the bread, please. And for a long time after that, he said nothing. Until at last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well, said Pooh, I could stay a little longer, if it, if you, and he tried very hard to look in the direction of the larder. Well, as a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going out myself directly. Oh, well then, I'll be going on. Goodbye. Well, goodbye, if you're sure you won't have any more. Is there any more? asked Pooh quickly. Rabbit took the covers off of the dishes and said, No, there wasn't. I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well, goodbye. I must be going on. So he started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws. He pushed with his back paws. And in a little while, his nose was out in the open again, and then his ears, and then his front paws, and then his shoulders, and then, oh, help, said Pooh, I'd better go back. Oh, bother, said Pooh, I shall have to go on. I can't do either, said Pooh, oh, help and bother. Now, by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk, too, and finding the front door full, he went out by the back door, and came round to Pooh, and looked at him. Hello, are you stuck? No, said Pooh carelessly, just resting and thinking. 
and humming to myself. Here, give us a paw. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw, and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. Ow! cried Pooh. You're hurting. The fact is, said Rabbit, you're stuck. It all comes, said Pooh crossly, of not having front doors big enough. It all comes, said Rabbit sternly, of eating too much. I thought at the time, said Rabbit, only I didn't like to say anything, said Rabbit, that one of us was eating too much, said Rabbit, and I knew it wasn't me. Well, shall I go and fetch Christopher Robin? Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, and when he came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh, he said, Silly old bear, in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think, said Bear, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should hate that, he said. So should I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. If we can't pull you out, Pooh, we might push you back. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully and pointed out that when once Pooh was pushed back, he was back. And of course, nobody was more glad to see Pooh than he was. Still, there it was. Some lived in trees, some lived underground, and... You mean, I'd never get out, said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, having got so far, it seems a pity to waste it. Christopher Robin nodded. Then there's only one thing to be done, he said. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. How long does getting thin take? asked Pooh anxiously. About a week, I should think. But I can't stay here for a week. You can stay here all right, silly old bear. It's getting you out which is so difficult. We'll read to you, said Rabbit cheerfully. And I hope it won't snow, he added. And I say, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs as a towel horse? Because, I mean, there they are, doing nothing. And it would be very convenient just to hang towels on them. A week, said Pooh gloomily. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin, because of getting thin quicker. But we will read to you. Bear began to sigh, and then found he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck, and a tear rolled down his eye as he said, Would you read a sustaining book? such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness. So, for a week, Christopher Robin read that sort of book at the north end of Pooh, and Rabbit hung his washing on the south end, and in between, Bear felt himself getting slenderer and slenderer, and at the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now. So he took hold of Pooh's front paws 
and Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin, and all Rabbit's friends and relations took a hold of Rabbit, and they all pulled together. And for a long time, Pooh only said, Ow, and Oh. And then, all of a sudden, he said, Pop, just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle. And Christopher Robin and Rabbit and all of Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on top of them came Winnie the Pooh, free. So with a nod of thanks to his friends, he went on with his walk through the forest, humming proudly to himself. But Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly and said to himself, Silly old bear. Chapter 3 In which Pooh and Piglet go hunting and nearly catch a woozle. The piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree, and the beech tree was in the middle of the forest, and the piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespassers W on it. When Christopher Robin asked the piglet what it meant, he said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said you couldn't be called Trespassers W, and Piglet said yes you could, because his grandfather was, and it was short for Trespassers Will, which was short for Trespassers William, and his grandfather had had two names in case he lost one, Trespassers after an uncle, and William after Trespassers. I've got two names, said Christopher Robin carelessly. Well, there you are, that proves it, said Piglet. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow in front of his house, he happened to look up, and there was Winnie the Pooh. Pooh was walking round and round in a circle, thinking of something else, and when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. "'Hello,' said Piglet. "'What are you doing?' "'Hunting,' said Pooh. "'Hunting what?' "'Tracking something,' said Winnie the Pooh very mysteriously. "'Tracking what?' said Piglet, coming closer. "'That's just what I ask myself. "'I ask myself, what?' "'What do you think you'll answer?' I shall have to wait until I catch up with it, said Winnie the Pooh. Now look there, he pointed to the ground in front of him. What do you see there? Tracks, said Piglet. Paw marks. He gave a little squeak of excitement. Oh, Pooh, do you think it's a, a, a woozle? It may be, said Pooh. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. You never can tell with poor marks. With these few words he went on tracking, and Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie the Pooh had come to a sudden stop, and was bending over the tracks in a 
puzzled sort of way. "'What's the matter?' asked Piglet. "'It's a very funny thing,' said Bear. "'But there seems to be two animals now. "'This, whatever it was, has been joined by another, whatever it is, "'and the two of them are now proceeding in company. "'Would you mind coming with me, Piglet, "'in case they turn out to be hostile animals?' Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way, and said that he had nothing to do until Friday, and would be delighted to come, in case it really was a woozle. You mean, in case it really is two woozles, said Winnie the Pooh. And Piglet said that anyhow he had nothing to do until Friday, so off they went, together. There was a small spinny of larch trees just here, and it seemed as if the two woozles, if that is what they were, had been going round this spinny. So round this spinny went Pooh and Piglet after them, Piglet passing the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking and how his grandfather, Trespassers W., had suffered in his later years from shortness of breath, and other matters of interest, and Pooh wondering what a grandfather was like, and if perhaps this was two grandfathers that they were after now, and if so, whether he would be allowed to take one home and keep it, and what Christopher Robin would say. And still the tracks went on in front of them, Suddenly, Winnie the Pooh stopped and pointed excitedly in front of him. Look. What? said Piglet with a jump. And then, to show that he hadn't been frightened, he jumped up and down once or twice more in an exercising sort of way. The tracks, said Pooh. A third animal has joined the other two. Pooh, cried Piglet. Do you think it's another woozle? No, said Pooh, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and one as it might be whizzle, or two as it might be whizzles, and one, if so it is, woozle. Let us continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little anxious now, in case the three animals in front of them were of hostile intent. Piglet wished very much that his grandfather T.W. were there, instead of elsewhere, and Pooh thought how nice it would be if they met Christopher Robin suddenly, but quite accidentally, and only because he liked Christopher Robin so much. And then, all of a sudden, Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner, for he was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. There were four animals in front of them. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. Three, as it were, woozles, and one, as it was, whizzle. Another woozle has joined them. And so it seemed to be. 
there were the tracks, crossing each other here, getting muddled up with each other there. But quite plainly, every now and then, tracks of four sets of paws. I think, said Piglet, when he had licked the tip of his nose too, and found that it brought very little comfort, I think that I have just remembered something. I have just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday, and shan't be able to do tomorrow, so I suppose I really ought to go back and do it now. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you, said Pooh. It isn't the sort of thing you can do in an afternoon, said Piglet quickly. It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning, and if possible, between the hours of... What would you say the time was? About twelve, said Winnie the Pooh, looking at the sun. Between, as I was saying, the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me. What's that? Pooh looked up at the sky, and then, as he heard a whistle again, he looked up into the branches of a big oak tree, and then he saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin, he said. Ah, then you'll be all right, said Piglet. You'll be quite safe with him. Goodbye. And he trotted off home as quickly as he could, very glad to be out of all danger again. Christopher Robin came slowly down his tree. Silly old bear, he said. What were you doing? First you went round the spinney twice by yourself. Then Piglet ran after you, and you went around again together, and then you were just going around for a fourth time. Wait a moment, said Winnie the Pooh, holding up his paw. He sat down and thought, in the most thoughtful way that he could think. He fitted his paw into one of the tracks, scratched his nose twice, and stood up. Yes, said Winnie the Pooh. I see now, said Winnie the Pooh. I have been foolish and deluded, said he, and I am a bear of no brain at all. You're the best bear in all the world, said Christopher Robin soothingly. Am I, said Pooh, hopefully. And then he brightened up suddenly. Anyhow, it's nearly luncheon time. So he went home for it. Chapter 4 In which Eeyore loses a tail, and Pooh finds one. The old grey donkey Eeyore stood by himself in a thistly corner of the forest. His front feet were apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself. Why? And sometimes he thought, Wherefore? And sometimes he thought, inasmuch as which. And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little, in order to say, How do you do? in a gloomy manner to him. 
And how are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. Not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. So Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Winnie the Pooh walked all around him once. Why, what's happened to your tail, he said in surprise. What has happened to it, said Eeyore. It isn't there. Are you sure? Well, either a tail is there, or it isn't there. You can't make a mistake about it, and yours isn't there. Then what is? Nothing. Let's have a look, said Eeyore, and he turned slowly around to the place where his tail had been a little while ago, and then finding that he couldn't catch it up, he turned around the other way, until he came back to where he was at first. He put his head down and looked between his legs, and at last he said, with a long, sad sigh, I believe you're right. Of course I'm right, said Pooh. That accounts for a good deal, said Eeyore gloomily. It explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Winnie the Pooh. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. How like them, he added, after a long silence. Pooh felt that he ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what. So he decided to do something helpful instead. Eeyore, he said solemnly, I, Winnie the Pooh, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Pooh, answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, not like some. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail. It was a fine spring morning in the forest as he started out. Little soft clouds played happily in a blue sky, skipping from time to time in front of the sun, as if they had come to put it out and then sliding away suddenly, so that the next might have his turn. Through them and between them the sun shone bravely. A copse which had worn its furs all the year round seemed old and dowdy now, besides new green lace which the beeches had put on so prettily. Through copse and spinney marched bare, down open slopes of gorse and heather, over rocky beds of streams, and up steep banks of sandstone into the heather again, and so at last, tired and hungry, to the hundred-acre wood, for it was in the hundred-acre wood that Owl lived. And if anyone knows anything about anything, said Bear to himself, it's Al who knows something about something. Or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, which it is. So there you are. 
Al lived at the Chestnuts, an old-world residence of great charm, which was grander than anybody else's or seemed so to bear, because it had both a knocker and a bell pull. Underneath the knocker there was a notice, which said, Please ring if an answer is required. Underneath the bell pull there was a notice which said, Please knock if an answer is not required. These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell. For Owl, wise though he was in many ways, able to read and write and spell his own name, yet somehow went all to pieces over delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully, first from left to right, and afterwards, in case he missed some of it, from right to left. Then, to make quite sure, he knocked and pulled the knocker. He pulled and knocked the bell rope, and called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. It's bare speaking. And the door opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, he said. How's things? Terrible and sad, said Pooh, because Eeyore, who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail, and he's moping about it. Could you very kindly tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Owl, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. What does crust money precede cake mean, said Pooh, for I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. It means the thing to do. As long as it means that, I don't mind, said Pooh humbly. The thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward, and then... Just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw. What do we do to this? What you were saying? You sneezed as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze. Yes, you did, Al. Excuse me, Pooh, but I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed. What I said was, first issue a reward. You're doing it again, said Pooh sadly. A reward, said the owl very loudly. We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds Eeyore's tail. I see, I see, said Pooh, nodding his head. Talking about large somethings, he went on dreamily. I generally have a small something about now, about this time in the morning. He looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Owl's parlour. Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, perhaps a lick of honey. Well then, said Owl, we write out this notice and we put it up all over the forest. A lick of honey, murmured the bear to himself, or, or not, as the case may be. 
he gave a deep sigh, and tried very hard to listen to what Owl was saying. But Owl went on and on, using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started, and he explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. Did you see them, Pooh? For some time now, Pooh had been saying yes and no, in turn, with his eyes shut, to all that Al was saying. And having said yes, yes, the last time he said no, not at all, without really knowing what Al was talking about. Didn't you see them? said the Al, a little surprised. Come and look at them now. So they went outside. And Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it. He looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. And the more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it. Somewhere else. Some time before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? said the owl. Pooh nodded. Reminds me of something, he said. But I can't think what. Where did you get it? I just came across it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush, and I thought at first somebody lived there, so I rang it, and nothing happened. And then I rang it again very loudly, and it came off in my hand. And as nobody seemed to want it, I took it home, and... Owl, said Pooh solemnly, you made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Eeyore, my dear friend Eeyore. He was fond of it. Fond of it? Attached to it, said Winnie the Pooh sadly. So with these words he unhooked it and carried it back to Eeyore. And when Christopher Robin had nailed it on in its right place again, Eeyore frisked about the forest, waving his tail so happily that Winnie the Pooh came over all funny and had to hurry home for a little snack of something to sustain him. Wiping his mouth half an hour afterwards, he sang to himself proudly, who found the tail? I, said Pooh, at a quarter to two, only it was a quarter to eleven, really. I found the tail. The end. And that is where we close the book tonight on this episode of Down to Sleep. I hope that you are already sleeping softly and getting the rest that you deserve. But if you're having a bit more trouble tonight, feel free to pull up one of my other episodes and just keep going. We all have nights like that, and that is why I started this podcast. I hope that it helps. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next Monday for another episode of Down to Sleep. Good night.